Welcome to this, the second in a series of reviews and celebrations of P.K. Dick's novels and short stories. Apologise at the outset that this second episode is quite late, but I excuse this as I've taken some time to work on integrating more sound effects and music in the podcast series to make it more interesting for you, the listener. This week's episode is quite exciting, not just because it's We Look at the Man Who Japed, one of the two novels that Phil had published in 1956, the other The World Jones Made, will be the focus of next week's episode, but also because we're going to look at two of Phil's more famous short stories, Autofac, and probably my favourite of Phil's short stories, Beyond Lies the Wub. This is LD. Welcome once more to this journey into the sometimes freaky mind of classic futuristic sci-fi writer Philip K. Dick. Oh, thanks. All right, thanks, Lions. For thank. Okay, thanks. Thanks. Right, right, that. Okay, okay. Thanks, Lions, for the comment. We move now to The Man Who Japed. This was one of two of Phil's novels to be published in 1956. It was, in effect, the second of his two novels published in 1956, so I suppose I should have made this podcast episode centre around the world Jones made, but I promised to make amends by considering that in my next episode. One of the patterns of these podcasts will be the use of ChatGBT as a springboard to considering the novels and short stories in greater depth. And with The Man Who Japed, I take exception to at least two statements which the AI has made. That's right, I take exceptions to artificial intelligence's comments. <laughs> I'm not sure what Phil would have thought of ChatGBT. I like to think that he would have used it as a tool, as I do. But he was much too creative to have done what some do, which is use it as their sole source of information. And even in some cases, attempt to pass summaries that ChatGBT produces as their own work. My preference then is to be upfront and to admit that I'm using ChatGBT, but only as a vehicle towards what I consider a more comprehensive consideration of PKD's work. Having that out of the way, let's move to begin by examining the ChatGBT take on The Man Who Japed. The Man Who Japed by Philip K. Dick is a captivating exploration of a dystopian future where satire and societal critique converge. The narrative revolves around Alan Purcell, a government censor with a penchant for pranks, set against the backdrop of a post-war society obsessed with conformity. Dick's signature blend of speculative fiction and psychological insight shines through as Purcell navigates a world dominated by propaganda and manipulation. The novel dives deep into the consequences of a society driven by manufactured realities, exploring the power dynamics of information and its ability to shape perception. The central theme revolves around Purcell's journey of self-discovery in a society that dictates conformity. The narrative skillfully intertwines dark humour with a philosophical examination of individual agency and societal control. 
Purcell's internal struggles and layers to add to the narrative, transcending it beyond a mere commentary on censorship. Dick's prose is both sharp and thought-provoking, offering a glimpse into a future that resonates with the anxieties of his contemporary world. The novel stands as a testimony to Dick's ability to transcend genre conventions, providing readers with a gripping story that challenges assumptions about reality and human nature. The Man Who Japed is a compelling addition to Philip K. Dick's body of work, offering a unique lens through which to examine the complexities of the human experience within a futuristic and often unsettling landscape. few problems here. Let's consider the AI summary. It does mention a society, a society obsessed with conformity. But it doesn't mention Morak, which in the novel is defined as moral reclamation. In my view, this is a little like reviewing 1984 and leaving out Big Brother. Alan Purcell doesn't really have a penchant for pranks. His central action, which dominates much of the novel, is his jape of Morrick founding father, Major Strider. The AI summary of this novel seems to have presumed from the title, The Man Who Japed, that japing was somehow central to Purcell. A more correct summary would be that protest is central to Purcell's character, and it is that nature that defines him in this novel. So, Slap on the wrist for the programmer at ChatGBT. Although the third of Phil's novels to be published, this was actually the fifth novel written. Voices from the Street and Gather Yourselves Together, Dick's first two novels were not published until after his death in 1982. With The Man Who Japed, we see a maturing in Phil's work, which began with his futuristic sci-fi treatments, but he's now starting to move into a fullness. In Solar Lottery, which we considered in the first episode in this series, although we get insight into the character of Ted Bentley, most of the other characters are devices leading towards the advancement of the plot. In The Man Who Japed, we begin to see some attempt at character building in the characters of Sue Frost, but particularly in the creation of Purcell's nemesis, Mrs. Georgina Birmingham, whose personality represents much of the authoritarianism which would be evidenced in a lot of Phil's later, less than likable creations. Finally, in The Man Who Japed, we see PKD starting to hammer home a vehement dislike of oppression. In one classic quote lifted from the novel, Alan Purcell reflects, It was amazing. Morrick had gobbled greedily at the human soul. In those words alone, we understand why Philip K. Dick is now viewed as almost the greatest science fiction novelist of the 20th century, surpassing Heinlein and maybe even Clark and Asimov. A quick plug for my favourite online bookstore, Booktopia. 
They have a large range of books for Australian and New Zealand readers who they offer a flat rate delivery to and during the last two years or so they have been, I have been dealing with them. Their service has been reliable and speedy for all in-stock items. I found their catalogue to contain more offerings than most online bookstores and they offer additional benefits and promos like Qantas frequent flyer points, the Booktopia book club, live chat with customer service and also have ebooks and selected magazines in their online catalogue. You can sign up or use your Google account to sign in and I personally find it useful that I can set up a wish list. Well, I'm sure I'm going to buy the item, I can move it onto my online cart and come back in a week or two to complete the purchase. Just type www.booktopia.com.au or even B-O-O-K-T-O-P-I-A into your search engine to explore. Also, they often have a free delivery promo period which can soften the blow of any purchase. This plug is totally unpaid for and I've received no incentives to endorse Booktopia. Now they get a bit gnarly if they're not fed. Uh, I don't think I was listening to David Attenborough the right way when he told me how to deal with the elephants. But anyhow, in November 1955, the science fiction magazine published PKD's short story, Autofac. In the US, Gal Galaxy was a, a sci-fi monthly magazine in publication from 1950 to 1980. And over its 30-year history, many science fiction authors found it as a financial boom for their work, that is, Galaxy magazine. Autofact became popular with the compilers of PKD anthologies of his stories, appearing in the best of Philip K. Dick, the collected stories, and more recently, as one of the stories in Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams, a release corresponding to the release of the TV series of the same name, Electric Dreams. ChatGBT summarizes it thus, Autofact by Philip K. Dick is a gripping exploration of automation gone awry. Set in a post-apocalyptic world, it portrays a society reliant on an all-encompassing automated factory, the Autofact, for survival. Initially designed to provide for human needs, the Autofact becomes a symbol of unchecked technological advancement. Dick's narrative delves into the unintended consequences of a system operating beyond human control. The story unfolds with a group of rebels attempting to shut down the artifact, only to be met with unforeseen challenges. This narrative twist prompts reflection on the complexities of dismantling a system intended for human benefit. The tale raises poignant questions about the balance between technological progress and humanity's ability to regulate it. Dick, with his characteristic blend of philosophical depth, and speculative fiction prompts readers to ponder the implications of surrendering too much autonomy to technology. Autofact serves as a cautionary tale, urging readers to contemplate the potential pitfalls of over-reliance on automation. Dick's narrative skillfully captures a tension between human agency and the unintended consequences of creating entities that operate independently of their original purpose.
The story's resonance, then the story's relevance indeed resonates in today's discussions about artificial intelligence and the ethical implications of advanced automation. Well, the AI summary of the work in this case adds dubious motives to Phil's story. Autofact may well have been intended as a cautionary tale, and it would have been in the character of Phil to design it so, but in its emotionless way, AI fails to delineate the desperation of the three main characters, O'Neill, Morrison and Perrine. Set in a world after a total global conflict, Autofact networks dispatch food and machinery to farming communities attempting to rebuild. The machinery rapidly becomes detritus and more nuisance than assistance. The total and the totally automated network fails to comprehend this and continues to dispatch and dispatch. The three main characters have no choice but to disrupt the network. And in the spirit of the Luddites of England's early 19th century, they thwart, destroy and rebel against the technology working against them. Well, we've moved through a bit and I hope this week and this day and this night and whenever you're listening to this is treating you well. I thank you for staying this long because normally we would do a novel review uh, on, as per Fields published works and a short story review uh, as per the alphabetical list. But I'm so glad that you have stayed because this last uh, little review I'm going to do and um, exploration has to do with my favorite short story of Phil's Beyond Lies the Wub. Beyond Lies the Wub showcases Dick's ability to infuse speculative fiction with profound philosophical inquiries. The narrative's brevity belies its depth, making it a compelling exploration of humanity's relationship with the alien and the moral dilemmas that arise when confronting the other. When reviewing this chat GBT summary of Beyond Lies the Wub, I was perversely reminded of Douglas Adams's Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and the statement in the encyclopedia, or the, the, indeed the guide, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which summarizes humans in only two words, mostly harmless. I could say that about the ChatGBT summary of Beyond Lies the Wub. It's quite good and mostly harmless. I love this short story. The AI is correct about it. This short story of Phil's is full of depth. How do we think about and confront the alien in our lives? Think, for example, how much of our cultural past and upbringing governs our relationship with a being like the snake. I actually love snakes, but most people loathe and fear them. Why is that? Those brought up in a Judeo-Christian heritage believe that the snake is a tempter in the biblical book of Genesis, leading towards the fall of mankind. Of course, the book claims no such thing. The tempter is a serpent, and mythology has many, many serpents, not just snakes. 
Most snakes are not venomous. Almost all snakes avoid humans rather than confront them. Snakes are alien, though. The fact that they slither scares many. They are not like playful little puppies jumping around on four legs and impishly biting at ankles. They're not the, like the lovely purring kitten with its soft fur and its tendency to sleep on a lap at every opportunity. The poor snake, unfortunately, not only slithers, but can have a jarring effect if one has a snake climb over them, or if one finds their tongue darting in and out, which is only assessing its atmosphere. Snakes, when they encounter friendly humans, naturally slither towards the warmest part of the body, which is the heart, and they'll promptly go to sleep on the chest. Obviously, Phil considered human reactions to the alien. And if humans have such an adverse reaction to a being on our own planet, how would we react to an extraterrestrial being? The complexity of Beyond Lies the Wub has a number of depths. Not only are we forced to contemplate generally on our own reactions to the alien, we are also faced with ethical dilemmas. To some crew members, even the captain. The Wub is a benign creature, but it is different and he and the crew are hungry. Here lies another ethical dilemma. Do the crew and captain allow a non-threatening and harmless creature to live when they consider their hunger as well as how much the wub resembles a pig? A second level of complexity lies in the characters of Peterson, a crew member, and Franco, the captain. Though physically different from humans, Peterson recognises a nobility in the Wub, and he's reluctant to endorse the captain's desire to kill it. Franco is fearful of the Wub, and he's conscious because he's decided that it will die, even though he is persuaded of its intelligence. For those who have never read Beyond Lies the Wub, I strongly encourage reading this wonderful short story. It is available through Booktopia as a newly marketed uh, solo copy, that is, uh, standalone, among a series of PKD reprints. And this short story is so good, I ensure that I, I purchase my copy. However, listeners, as I am not paid for advertising Booktopia nor sponsored by them, it would be unfair not to mention that Beyond Lies Zawab is available freely online through Project Gutenberg. Next episode, next episode, we will explore The World Jones Made and the short story Beyond the Door of the short stories which I am reviewing in alphabetical order. Thank you for listening and I welcome you every episode to not only listen but to email me with any feedback at ldenterprises111 at gmail.com That's A-L-D-E-N-T-E-R P-R-I-S-E-S 111 at gmail.com and hope that you continue with me on this journey exploring the wonderful futuristic and quirky worlds of Philip Kendrick Dick. <laughs>